Canada HR News on January 8, 2024. I'm Elena Bobireva. In today's episode, we talk about a provincial divide in Canada's job market, actions that journalists take to improve their mental health, union strike updates, latest happiness index from ADP, and other topics. To get the latest HR updates, follow us on X at News and LinkedIn at Canada HR News Podcast. Canada's labor market has experienced a growing provincial divide, according to the TD Economic Team. Job vacancies remain high in the prairies and Atlantic Canada, while labor markets in Quebec, Ontario and British Columbia have relatively normalized. Over the last year, Canada's population has grown by approximately 1.25 million, with the majority of new Canadians residing in Alberta, Ontario and British Columbia. At the same time, there has been a significant migration into Alberta and Atlantic Canada. Still, Saskatchewan, Manitoba and Alberta continue to see high job vacancy rates, even though they are experiencing workers coming in. What's special about the prairies when it comes to still robust labor demand? Construction, healthcare, accommodation and food service and retail trade are the sectors that have the highest job vacancies in the prairies. These are also the top hiring sectors in every province across the country, but the employer demand is simply greater in the prairies and Atlantic. TD researchers believe that strong employer demand in the prairies is tied to the region's economic growth outperformance. Real GDP growth in the Prairie Provinces was at 5% for 2022, and it is currently tracking at close to 2% for 2023. This is higher than 3% in 2022 and 1% in 2023 for the rest of Canada. Exposure to still high commodity prices has boosted economic growth and improved the financial position of firms in the Prairies. This has companies continuing to seek more workers, keeping their labor markets more resilient. A series of forums was announced to examine best practices for mental health in the journalism industry. The series, called Taking Care in News 2024 Industry Discussions on Wellbeing, builds on the 2022 National Study of Mental Health among media workers in Canada. The study documented high rates of trauma exposure, anxiety, depression and burnout. Since that report, a national roundtable was held with 50 industry leaders in Canada and working groups were launched to examine key mental health issues. The purpose of the series is to tackle critical issues affecting mental health and well-being of news professionals. The series will be open to journalists, editors, managers, educators and students. Registration is free. For more information on the series, please see the episode description. In recognition of its diverse workforce, the British Columbia Lottery Corporation is allowing employees to substitute up to six statutory holidays in a calendar year for other personal, cultural or religious days of significance to them. The organization launched the Inclusive Holiday Program in November after conducting a series of consultation sessions with its employees and people leaders. 
The one exception to the BCLC's policy is the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, which all employees are expected to observe on September 30th each year. Benefits Canada reports that the company was careful not to place an obligation for employees to get team leaders' approval to use the holiday policy. At the same time, employees understand that it is important to communicate with leaders when they plan to take time off. The results of employee engagement and pulse surveys have solidified the BCLC's focus on diversity, inclusion, and belonging as one of the top three driving forces at the organization. The company believes that this new inclusive holiday program is a small step employers can take to help build an inclusive workplace culture. Negotiations have resumed between air carrier Air Transat and the union representing its 2,100 flight attendants after the workers rejected a tentative agreement to renew their collective agreement. An agreement in principle was reached between the parties on December 14, when the threat of a strike was looming for January 3rd. Because of it, no strike was called. However, at general assemblies held just before Christmas, 98% of union members rejected the agreement in principle to renew the collective agreement. QP reports that it was the wage increases, deemed insufficient, that irritated its members. The parties, therefore, returned to the bargaining table to try to reach a new agreement in principle. According to ADP, there was an overall decrease in satisfaction for workers across Canada in December. Employees report feeling optimistic when it comes to their workload heading into 2024, but less optimistic when it comes to their compensation this year. The National Work Happiness Score for December 2023 is 6.6 out of 10, representing a decrease of 0.2 points from November. The primary indicator of worker happiness is satisfaction with their current role and responsibilities. Only 44% of workers in Canada feel satisfied with their current roles and responsibilities. The top secondary indicator continues to be work-life balance and flexibility, and it is the lowest recorded score since January of last year. Additionally, recognition and support also record the lowest score to date since the induction of the index. The index also reveals that while boomers continue to hold the top spot as the happiest generation at 6.9 out of 10, millennials recorded their lowest score to date at 6.5. Regional results reveal that British Columbia rejoins Quebec at 6.9 for the top spot as the happiest region, while Ontario records one of the lowest regional work happiness scores in December at 6.4. The conclusion is that as the cost of living continues to rise, employees' attention to compensation and benefits will do so in tandem. A few ways employers can support in alleviating financial stress and foster a more resilient workforce can be through conducting an audit of the current compensation and benefits, developing financial wellness programs, flexible work arrangements, as well as various professional development opportunities. It's been a big year for the government of Saskatchewan's Red Tape Reduction Committee. 
In 2022 and 23, the committee reviewed 208 business-related regulations, 18,000 compliance requirements, and decreased the number of business-related regulations from 260 to 254. Through red tape reduction efforts, the government aims to save businesses 10 to 20 million dollars annually. Formed in 2014, the Red Tape Reduction Committee is coming up on a decade of modernizing regulations, so businesses continue to grow in the province. According to the government, since its inception, the committee has saved businesses $688 million in fees and taxes. The committee's goal is to identify red tape issues across government, estimate and track costs and savings from regulatory changes, and seek to enable solutions. They make sure that all business regulations are reviewed at least every 10 years to remain relevant, minimize any regulatory burden, and maximize opportunities for innovation and economic competitiveness. According to the province, Saskatchewan's Red Tape Production Committee is the only active cabinet committee of its kind in Canada. And this was Canada HR News. If you enjoyed this episode, follow us to stay up to date and leave us a five-star rating in Apple Podcast. You can also find us on Spotify and on other platforms. For more information on the topics discussed today, see the episode description and connect with us on X at CADHR News and LinkedIn at Canada HR News Podcast.